Welcome to That's a Foul, a podcast for referees, fans, and leaders. In today's show, my buddy John Reitmeyer joins us to talk about how he got started in refereeing, how he works through stress on the sidelines, how officiating influences his daily work as a lawyer, and then he lays down some philosophy for all of us to think about. Let's get after it. Sports are an integral part of my life, specifically officiating. I've met a lot of interesting people on deck and on the sidelines. From referees to evaluators, coaches to administrators, and players to fans, each one has a story to tell, and that's a foul podcast is the place to tell it. Each episode, we'll dive into personal and professional lives to see what they can share to make us all a little better tomorrow. I'm Chad Packer, and this is That's a Foul. Welcome back. Glad you took time today to listen to what we have going on in today's show. Joining us today is John Reitmeyer. I met John six years ago when we did an event in Houston. I was super green and jumped in with a crew of talented refs who taught me some things I still use today, namely this, you gotta back your partner. John is one of the zone head referees for the Southwest Zone in USA Water Polo. He's been refereeing over 10 years and he's done some big events in his time. He has a great presence on deck and is definitely seen as a leader in our refereeing circles, especially for referees who are on their way up and trying to improve. So with that, let's get going. Hey, John, welcome to the show. You're our first Zoom guest. Nice. So there's a prize in the mail. It's my third place ribbon from the Tuesday night swim meet in 1986. That'll be on your way. I will treasure that. I'll post it behind (laughs) me if I ever come back on. All right, as we dig into the first quarter, let's find out a little bit about John's background, how he got into refereeing, and what it means to have your partners back. You are in San Antonio. Yep. What, what's, what's going on in San Antonio right now with all this, all this craziness? Oh, it's a big hot mess. Yeah, people, I, the city right now is just, if you ask me, my personal opinion, it's divided. You've got some people who are so scared they don't want to do anything. And then you've got a whole bunch of people who are just like, let's get back to normal. Let's get back to living. You know, if we have to take precautions, we'll take precautions, but let's, let's do something. And then yeah. me, I'm, uh, I'm just antsy. I, <laughs> I hate being cooped up. So it's, uh, you know, I look for an excuse to, to go out and go do something if I can. How did you get into refereeing? I know, I know in your baseball card, you mentioned that you kind of got done with uh, playing in college and, and then started, um, Started well, down the road. But. It, funny story. I uh, working my way up, I guess. Swam in high school. I played water polo in high school here in San Antonio. Went to college. Swam in college a little bit. I played a little bit on the club team, and I just flamed out. I got so mad at swimming and everything. I said, "I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I never want to see a pool again. I'm just. I'm. I'm out." Of Three, four years later, I go to law school and I'm like, boy, I need something to, to burn off some energy here. So I started swimming again and they had a little bitty club team there and I started playing with them. And one day we're doing a little scrimmage here in town and uh, this guy gets up there, hey, we need a rep. I'm I don't know, I've never rep before. So I went up there and he was making some arguable calls. I was like, well, I think I might be able to do better than that. We'll, we'll give it a whirl. And it was actually kind of fun. And uh, so I started uh, 
right then I started doing local high school stuff in San Antonio and just in San Antonio. And, uh, you know, not, not a lot of what we consider great polo, but it gotten started, you know, just doing some little stuff. And I, uh, at some point I realized that if I want to get better, I enjoyed what I'm doing, but to get better and to really understand the game, I've got to start doing more. So I, uh, I signed up for uh, USA water polo and, uh, they say, hey, great, we need reps. And at the time, we really didn't have the number of teams that we have now. We didn't have a huge age group department or anything like that. It was mostly just master's teams. And I'll never forget my first tournament after I did my training with uh, Dennis Lawrence and, and Bart Boston. Um, I'm in town, and I'm doing Dallas Masters and uh, Hops, the Houston Masters team, in my very first game. And I'm going, oh, crap. <laughs> what have I done? Um but they, you know, they encouraged me and I just kept doing it. And uh, here I am. However many years later, I'm still doing it. We would, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our karaoke duet, Colorado Springs. Do, hey, you, that was epic. Song? Yeah, it was epic. Um, when we think about, so that was, that, that, was, that was Wagon Wheel, right? It was. And uh, I remember you got up there to start and I was like, I can't leave you by yourself, man. I, I, I couldn't leave you hanging on that. So uh, I thought we did good. Well, I should say, pardon my English here. I know yeah, we, did, I know we did better than the locals that were that were singing. That yeah, they were awesome. singing those 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 Christmas Carol duets, and they tried like five or six. God love them. I love that bar. I do. The finish line, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just and and we we did. Everybody sounds good at one thirty in the morning, I suppose, especially after a couple of sodas. It's funny you say that because I I want to I I talk a little bit about this in the in the show intro, but um, something that I learned from you guys down down in Texas. And I just, I just kind of want to get this out there was, uh, I was watching you guys do some master stuff and I think you were refereeing and I think Justin was on the other side and you guys gave a player a misconduct in a master's game, you know, and he gets out and he starts mouthing at the partner across the pool and you threw a red card from the other side before I even knew what hit. <laughs> and I remember talking to you guys back in the referee room and the phrase was, you got to back your partner. And I remember bringing that back to Ohio saying, we cannot isolate in or on, on one side of the pool. When, when your partner does something, you have to back your partner. You cannot throw them under. And the way it was said in that room was just so, I mean, again, John, we're, we're going back six, seven years now. Yeah. I still remember, you got to back your partner. And the way it was said, it was like, we don't have a choice. If a guy gets out of the pool and he mouths off at your partner, you got to protect him from across the other side of the pool. Otherwise, I mean, we're already isolated. So when you jumped into saying wagon wheel, it was like, yeah, this is par for the course for this guy. You know what I mean? Second quarter finds John and I talking about building confidence as a referee, his leadership, and the differences between the different levels that he referees. Do you still get into those situations where you're like, oh, crap, what have I gotten myself into? Oh yeah, all the time. It, it, it's gone from more of a just like being completely overwhelmed on a game to just like more of a oh man, I've got to listen to all of this. I got to listen to this guy and this guy, and I'm like, why am I here? I could be out fishing or something. <laughs> but you know, I I joke around with people, but I think there's there's a hint of truth to it that you know, referees we're all a little nuts in the first place to to go out there. And just to subject ourselves to, you know, both coaches yelling at you and, and, you know, you're out there and you're, you know, to quote the baseball term, since we have our baseball cards, uh, you know, you're just trying to call balls and strikes. 
and uh, you know do a good job. What do you do to to prep for those things? Where you, again, you're you're starting to feel a little bit antsy. You're starting to maybe kind of getting in your own head, you know, and you start wondering, do do I know what a ball and a strike is? Like, yeah. what are what are some things that you do, or what are some things that you've read, or? Oh, I hear you. Um, and you know, I I can still do a game and <clears throat> have a little bit of <clears throat> excuse me, have a little bit of butterflies and and uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll feel that if I travel somewhere outside of Texas where I'm seeing teams I've never seen before and, you know, you're, you're trying to represent yourself, you're trying to represent USA Waterpool, you want to do a good job and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what is going on here? It might be like a level of physicality you're not used to and, you know, you got to flip that switch and engage and get in that game and sometimes it's tough but, you know, you got to just – sometimes take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, I've been here. I know what I'm doing. Just get in there and get after it. So you've gotten into some leadership stuff. Do you do, you do leadership stuff at, uh, in the state of Texas besides USA Water Polo stuff? Yeah, I'm actually the, uh, the president of our, our rep organization for um, high school and, and some, of the, uh, uh, some of the local game day stuff that's not sanctioned. So are you assigned, like, what, what are, what are the duties with that? Talk a little bit about that role or. Uh, it's a lot. Now this year, since we got cut short, it's been a little bit of a break, but I do everything from creating training for the high school refs, um, setting up Arbiter. Cause we last, last year, the year before we started using Arbiter, uh, for assigning and tracking purposes, uh, Work on invoices for payment, handling complaints, um, trying to get evaluations done, trying to get people to improve, selecting refs to, to work state championships, things like that. It's a uh, spring is a really uh, busy time, generally speaking. Yeah, you guys are blowing up. I mean, everybody across the country, you know, we constantly see how how Texas is really starting to blow up with 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 teams. What do you what do you attribute that to? There's been a good push to try to get people playing. I think number one, I think people have, have bought into saying, hey, we like swimming. I, I th ultimately, I think we like swimming, but maybe chasing the black line up and down the pool isn't the most fun. Um, maybe we want to be a little more team sport oriented. I think that kind of gives a, uh, you know, a, a nice outlet. And you're starting to see clubs pop up where these kids usually would go Maybe they go play baseball or they'll try to go play football or something like that instead. Um, I, I think we're seeing some leadership there and you're seeing more and more clubs uh, pop up. Um, Houston area has a couple in the last year. Dallas, Fort Worth, they've got a couple new ones. Austin is uh, going and hopefully San Antonio will start picking up too. But that's usually the main triangle is the San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston area. And, uh, they recently for high school just got it'll be sanctioned on a pilot program in fall of 2021 and that will be interesting because you're going to have areas across the state now that might start playing and uh, we'll have to worry about referees for that do you notice a major difference between age group masters high school college because you do i mean you do high level all that stuff like what are what, what are some differences again through the lens of a referee Generally speaking, I would say physicality. 
And a lot of that is the older the players, the more they think they're going to get away with it. The younger kids, and, you know, again, I'm going to say this, if we're looking at it in a vacuum and say age group players have a certain level of knowledge may not be on the same level as, uh, you know, an older player. And so older players might think, well, you know, we can be more physical. I'm, I'm the man. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I would say physicality, number one, uh, especially with masters. Masters is affectionately known by some as fat man polo. You know, I, I, I'd fall into that category, too, when I played. But, uh, it, you know, a lot of hanging on people, a lot of physicality, a lot of stuff that you may not want to see. Uh, also, the same point, you know, their minds might be thinking to a certain extent, oh, I can do this, I can do this, but their body is not physically allowing them to do it because they're out of shape or whatever. So, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. But I, I think more than that, than just the different levels is, I think if you look at it geographically across the country, you're, I think you can see differences as in, um, I think a lot of times just as a referee, you'll see teams from the West Coast and they play a lot more than they do other places. Tactically, I would say they're probably a little more sound in their fundamentals than elsewhere. And other places, since they're not on that tactical level, they might try to resort to physicality to try to make up for that difference. All right, in the third quarter, John and I are gonna jump into J.O.'s and the new rules, his life balance, looking at water polo through an attorney's lens and developing referees. What would you tell a referee who's going out to J.O.'s for the first time? Let's J.O.'s is always a fun subject. Oh boy. Um, besides rent a car. Besides rent a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, get ready to work. And especially let me, let me back it up. I would say, first of all, if they're, if it's a referee from, let's say, non-California or Southern California, well, even NorCal for that matter, they play in a lot of outdoor pools, just bar none, a lot of outdoor pools. Elsewhere in the country, we're a lot, of, a lot more indoors. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize the beating that referees take being out in the sun for eight, nine, ten games a day when you're not used to it. I know that just fries me literally and figuratively because I get a nice little, uh, nice little farmer tan when I come back, but just refing in the sun, just it's completely different ball. Game. Yeah, completely get that. So assuming a referee is ready for it, what would you tell them before they went out there? Uh, assuming that we think they're ready for it, I would say, look, you're going to see some higher level play and chances are it's going to take you a little bit to adjust to that higher level of play. Don't don't feel bad if you miss a call. You're going to miss calls. Everyone misses calls. <clears throat> but just keep in mind, you're going to have to think faster. You know, you're going to have to anticipate plays a little bit more. Um, because of that, because you're seeing better play that you may not be used to. And I think that catches a lot of people by surprise. You know, they get so so used to what you see locally that when you go to a big tournament and you see better play, you're like, whoa. Yeah, that change of pace can sometimes just jump out of the water and smack you in the face. Have Have you done a ton of stuff under the new, like the 2020, I mean the six uh, meter, all that I, stuff? I haven't done, well, this year we started at the beginning of the year and this was the, the first time we used all the full rules 
um, you know, for club stuff. And I, I, I can't say I've done a, a ton of it. I've done several tournaments. And it, it took a little bit of getting used to, but the more I look at it, the more I'm like, I, I think Fina got it right. I, uh, I'm not so sure about that 20-second 20 second, uh, reset on a corner throw. Most people, you know, because everyone that has their clock system, they're going to have to get those reflash from Colorado or Dactronics or whatnot, and that costs money. But um, everything else, I, it's fun. It, it, it really is fun. And I remember we did a – I did a tournament with a, a buddy of mine, Dustin Devaney, and uh, we went and they said, okay, we're going to play by FINA rules. And they told me beforehand, and I was like, okay, now you understand the new FINA rules are X, Y, Z, and this and this. So all the teams come in and they had no clue what was going on. We're like, no, you got to do this, you got to do this, da, da, da. And by the end of the tournament, I think the players were just going like, man, this is kind of cool. <laughs> so I, I really think the more it uh, – the more it catches on, I, I think the more people will enjoy it. Um, definitely a lot more to look out for. Well, you know, and I, I thought about this. This is a tournament. Um, one of the fir first ones I did earlier in the year and just something to work on. And someone has the ball, they got the ball in hand. You know, they, they've changed the, uh, the penalty rule. You can call a penalty with the ball in hand. Uh, they've got a clear shot on the goal. They're working, they're working, they're working. They get hammered they can still shoot and it's like, well, where's that line of where you're going to call that? Um, you know, is it striking? Do you want to call it as a penalty for striking? Do you want to let them continue? If they continue and they miss the shot, can you still call the penalty? It's, uh, it's a lot to think about. On its face. I think it, it, it's trying to give us the opportunity to call what they want, but it's just going to create this whole other, whole other problem over here, you know, yeah. which is, which is hard. I, I will tell you, I mean, again, I've, I've umpired baseball. I've refereed basketball. I've refereed soccer. I, I think I walked up and down the deck as, as a swim official, but, um, I can I tell should, you, I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. I once, <laughs> funny story. I once, this is going way back, like into the mid nineties. I wore some, some striped boxer shorts underneath my whites and nice. that was not, I didn't know you could see through them, bro. I, I didn't, it was, it was bad, but man, did I catch grief for years. But um, so ever since then, whiteys all day long. But, um, you know, I think water polo is truly one of the most difficult sports to ref because like you said, you've got, and as, as you get better, you'd think it would become easier, but in some ways it becomes more complex because now you are looking for that pass two off the ball. You're looking for that hold and, you know, that's it instead of just the ball itself, which is difficult for new referees. So yeah, when you, when you add that advantage stuff, you're just going, man, we're, we're really adding complexity into advantage to play delayed calls. I mean, does a delayed call just turn into a hammer so that the, the, the referees call it? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a challenge. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why we're, hopefully we get a chance to, to watch a lot more. Uh, hopefully it'll pick up. We can watch more games, uh, watch even more higher level referees, see how they're doing it and, and take those instructions and come down. Um, you know, um, I know Mark Koganoff on the technical water polo committee is doing a lot. And, um, it's uh, every once in a while I'll try to reach out to him if I can just to just get his thoughts on something like that. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an evolving sport. It always will be, but um, I think something, you know, you go to a, going back to what you were saying earlier on a new referee, you're never going to call a perfect game. I, I think it's, I think it's impossible to call a perfect, absolutely perfect game. Everything 100%, every call you make. Um, and I think that's a, 
going again, going back to new referees, that's something I feel that we've been, I've had to tell people a lot, brand new referees, stop following the ball, stop watching the ball, watch your areas, watch your areas. You're following the ball over here at the top. Someone else might get a punch or something down here. You know, I, uh, we, we, we all bring context into the game. You know, I work in education. I do, you know, I sometimes I try and coach players through my calls and was kind of told early on, you gotta, you gotta stop doing that. But no, I want them to learn by calling this. I'm going to do it. Nope. You're just calling the fouls as, as an attorney. What do you, how, through what I, if you're viewing the lens of the game as an attorney, what does that allow you to do? Like what, what are, what are some of the pros and what are some of the cons maybe just from carrying your, what's kind of your daily lens onto the pool deck? You know, it's actually, it's kind of, it's difficult because my job as a lawyer, I'm, I'm to advocate for a side. I advocate for my client. I'm trying to do what's right for them. When you're on deck, you're not advocating for anybody. You're, you're up there. You know, you're, you're saying who's cheating, who's not, essentially. So uh, from that point, it, it's kind of tough, but I, I think it would, uh, I would say, I would say it, it's caused me to open my mind up. Um, it, and maybe water polo has actually played a little bit more of an influence on my day job because I'm able to see both sides. So yeah, I have someone yelling at me over here. Okay, coach. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. I will look for that. And then transfer that to my day job. I have my clients say, okay, well, look, I know you think you've been wrong with X, Y, and Z, but look over here, this is what you did wrong. And this is how they're pointing it out. So um, I think that's probably the big thing, just keeping an open mind on things. Yeah, I think it's interesting how how you say that. I, without the, the folks with whom I work, they don't they don't have a ton of context to water polo, and I'm always telling water polo stories. You know, just like you yeah. said, it maybe maybe it's even less education administration bleeds into refing. Maybe it's actually you're right. Maybe it's the reverse. Water polo <laughs> is is turning into how I view the world because because you do again, you have to be unbiased, and you kind of have to see all sides, and you got to anticipate again two passes ahead and. You kind of got to, you know, you're always kind of aware of yeah. the the appearance of things, I guess. Are, are you someone who thinks uh, about uh, foul counts? I know there's kind of two schools of thoughts on that. I don't, I, I don't keep an accurate track in my head. You know, I might think of someone who might have two, um, but I'm not, I really don't look at that until like a quarter break or something where I'm just checking the score sheet and just see what's going on. And a foul count, in my mind, a foul count by itself doesn't mean anything. I think you got to take a whole lot more into context of what's going on because you could have, if you have a very strong team versus a very weak team and the weak team has 25 exclusions because they just don't know what they're doing, that doesn't necessarily mean that the refereeing was, was biased towards the other team. Um, but um, I, I think it's something you can look at. I think it's something you can keep in the back of your head. But I don't think it is the end-all, be-all of, of um, determination of things, of how a game's going. So last thing, dude, just to just kind of talk about this before we, before we, we kind of break, is um, you, know, you and I talked a little bit about this when we were together this, this past December. But um, you know, I know with your, with your wife and son and career and – leading this I mean how how are you with your with your balance of refereeing or what are some struggles or just things that are kind of popping through your head in terms of how much time is enough time to to fill everybody else's buckets before my own 
You know, that, man, that is a great question because um, especially like, especially what's going on today and how uh, calendars are going to be, be changed. Uh, we had a, a zone board call um, a couple days ago. And part of the thing they said was watch out for this fall. We're going to have stuff going, you know, assuming things get ramped up and we're going, we're going to have stuff going every weekend practically from September to the end of December. And, you know, you love refing. I think most referees do this because you like it or you love it. You have to, at least. I mean, if you don't love it, you're, you're doing the wrong job. But I, I, I think the more, the older I get, the more I realize you can't work every tournament. Uh, it's impossible, especially if you're getting older. You just physically, it just sucks. You can't, you can't recover like we, like you used to. But, um, you know, I, the things I've learned, especially been getting married, having a kid is, um, you know, I try to work the tournaments I want to work, but I need to definitely have, you know, home time. Um, can't be traveling, especially in, in Texas and San Antonio. I have, you know, the closest club tournaments that we have is generally in Austin. That's an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to travel everywhere because we really don't have much in San Antonio at all. So the travel is the other aspect of would I love to travel all the time? Sure. But you know, it gets kind of old too. And you kind of want to be home with your family. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I, maybe the whole genesis of the, of this podcast is to talk to other people. Maybe it's reassurance. I don't know what I'm looking for, bro, but I, I just, yeah. So my daughter's going off to college next year and there's a part of me that just wonders, God, did I, did I spend too much time on deck? I mean, you know, did I miss, I don't think I missed any seminal events in her life and I know that she sees that I'm passionate about it, but man, you do wonder. It's like, well, there's nothing worse. Go ahead. You know, I, I'm sorry to to cut you off, but I remember having conversations um, with people before who uh, upper level, very high level USA water polo referees. And, you know, the choice was, well, if you want to, the story was you want to go to the Olympics, you're going to have to, move here you're gonna have to give up this and they're like well i love rough and water polo, no doubt about it but it's not my life it's 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 a hobby and and um do you know Vern? i think yeah 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 he he uh Vern was very very clear about that and saying you know this is a hobby this is not a full-time job for the vast majority of us you know we all have other stuff and while we love what we do we have other priorities that we need to take care of yeah. I need to write that down and read it. When I, start- <laughs> <laughs> it I got it's tough. I and mean, it's tough because you hear about a tournament so like, oh man, I've never been there. I wanna I'm gonna go check that out and, and no, I I really need to stay home this weekend. I gotta do this. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny when you get those invites, you're like, Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Because you right. want your yeses to be yeses and your nos to be no's, but same time, like you said, being in San Antonio, being in Cincinnati you know, they call you to do an event that's, you're always wondering, is this, is this my one chance to go? You know what I mean? And then you kind of butt that up against, well, what am I, what am I missing? You know, I suppose maybe there's, there's a fine line in there between what am I missing and what's my opportunity, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, You got to roll the dice. Um, Sometimes it's worth it, but I can tell you there've been times I've done it and just like, boy, I made the wrong call on that. I should stay home. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's awesome. There are a lot of referees who are very competitive and -hmm. they want to be the best. They want to, you know, they want to do what it takes to move up. They want to be female, whatever. Great. And I think 
a lot of referees, they need to have at least a little bit of that because you want to be better. You want, you should be able to want in my mind to be able to call just about any game that's out there. And to do that, you've got to have a certain level of skill set in order to do it. Levon was mentioning at, you know, at the summit, they were talking about ODP and how that's going to be one of the new pipelines for, for referees to get going and to do stuff. And we have, uh, we have a younger referee here, uh, who's also a coach, Edwin Barrera, who moved here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met Edwin, and uh, we were we did a referee in Greensboro. Okay. Yeah. And he, you know, he, he made a very, very good point. He said, you know, uh, yeah, USA Water Polo isn't covering this, this, or this, but you're going for the experience. You're going for the evaluations. And, you know, that's your payment, is you're working with great people, great referees, in an effort to better yourself. And that was a really great way of putting it. And I was just yeah. like, you're right. Absolutely. All right, John, you got any final thoughts for us? Really? Just because I think it all just boils down to is, you know, referees just for the most part, like being with other referees. You know, you, you find someone that you, you're good with, you have a good time off deck, you're laughing, you're joking. Um, you know, that's what makes a good weekend is, is, is really being with the other refs. I, I can count on one hand. <clears throat> I don't want to say one hand. I can count the number of specific plays or games that I vividly remember or something happened that I liked or I didn't like, I lost track of the times I've had with refs just having a good time, you know, talking, just chilling out and doing stuff like that. Um, to me, that's, that's the best part of it. So I got some rapid fire questions. We're going to end all the shows on something fun here. Are you ready? All right, let's go. You have not been provided these questions. Is that correct? That's correct. Right on. All right. So here we go. Best hotel you've ever stayed in at a tournament? That's hard to say. There have been some, I've had a couple really cool ones. I had one recently that had a rooftop bar or rooftop patio, I should say. The bar was closed, but call at the end of the night and you just kind of go up there and you're overlooking the skyline of the city. And it was, that was pretty nice. What is the best rental car you've ever driven at an event? Oh, I got a, uh, a turbo Volvo one year or one, one tournament. That was a lot of fun to, to hone on. Um, the best prank we ever did though, Bruce Morehouse came to Dallas one year and we did our tournament and we checked in and we, the, it was at Hertz. He rented the car and they had one of those Hertz uh, Shelby Mustangs, all black and gold and everything. So we took a picture of it and we sent it to Vern who was doing all the assigning and calculations and everything. Say, Hey, this is our rental car. And that kind of blew up. What? How did you get that car? It was really funny. Uh, what is your favorite between game snack in the referee's room? Your go-to? Surprisingly, I kind of like uh, like a little veggie tray, like carrots or something like that. Um, I don't like to eat a whole lot when I'm repping, mainly because I'm I'm probably spill it on myself, and you know, there's on my whites. So <sighs> nothing worse than that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite holiday? Probably Thanksgiving, just because I like cooking the turkey and and all the stuff that goes along with it. Favorite card game to play let's say exploding kittens and um what's that other one i can't uh the it's the black card um cards against humanity that's it that's a fun one but if you're actually like talking like actual playing cards and stuff like that it would be spades i prefer to play dominoes or 42 though there it is that's our south texas thing here 
Okay. Uh, are you boneless or traditional wings? Depends. If my wife is with me, it's going to be boneless. Uh, if I'm out, um, I'll do bone-in. Romantic walks on the beach, John, or beers by the pool? Beers by the pool. Greatest? Well, is my wife with me? <laughs> yes. Uh, sure, your wife is with you. Okay, well, it probably be beers by the pool. <laughs> Greatest band of all time? Man, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a really good one. My 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 musical tastes are kind of all over the place, so that's kind of hard for me to pick. If I in two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty, greatest rock and roll band of all, or greatest band of all time, Pantera. Pantera. Do you have a black shirt and everything? Yeah, I have a a, a tour shirt somewhere. Oh, stop. Final question. Uh, Scooby Doo, Tom and Jerry, or something else? Bugs Bunny. There it is. All right. Well, good deal. Yeah, like that's the that's the end of the rapid fire session here on right. the That's a Foul podcast. Sorry, bro. I, I appreciate you jumping in, man. Again, thanks for thanks for letting me kind of work through this and just kind of taking a risk on me here. This is this, no, this, this really is, is a, a lot of fun. Yeah, this was fun. I'd be glad to, anytime you get need someone to fill in a space, give me a holler. I'll pop on. Hey, John. Appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. Thanks for jumping in, pal. No worries, man. Have a good one. All right. Take care. See ya. All right, that was the good John Reitmeyer joining us today. I am so blessed to have had the opportunity to meet folks like him and to share some laughs doing what I love doing. It was good to catch up, and I hope our paths cross soon. A little more relaxed this week with some good vibes in this episode. I think John hit it out of the park when he said, most referees just like being around other referees. We really do define our weekends by the experiences we have, not just the games we do. On our show next week, we'll have Sam Meisner in studio. Sam is a local Cincinnati referee, and he and I have had some really fun conversations about water polo, fatherhood, and leadership. When the high school season ends in October, Sam is definitely one of the dudes I miss seeing the most. He is a true family man if I've ever met one. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Until then, y'all, be good to the refs. Shout out to our friend and fellow referee Adam Carroll for That's a Foul theme music. If you like what you heard today, tell a friend where to find us and follow us on your podcast service. As always, you can find show notes and other topics covered on today's show on our website, tafpodcast.com. <laughs>